Thanks for tuning in to Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from episode number 297 with Cam Joss of Indiana University. This episode was super popular at the time and has continued to be so since its release. So in this episode, we chat, in this clip, sorry, we chat around the common mistakes team sport athletes make and how coaches can resolve them. Just before we do dive into this episode though, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. If you're looking for a free, yes, free athlete management system so you can collect, analyze, and report data, check out AMS Lite by Rock Daisy at rockdaisy.com. But team sport athlete, common faults, that was one thing that I thought was really interesting from your presentation. Would you, I think there was three that you, you mentioned, but feel free to elaborate and, and, and go further if there's, if there's any more. But them three were, were particularly interested and there was, there was case studies and pictures and videos presented. If you could um, just identify them and, and, and go through that, that would be absolutely fantastic. Sure, yeah. I mean, really, the biggest issue I see is just what I call the butt-kicking epidemic, if you will. And that was that was kind of the title of the article I wrote for Simply Faster. And um, I just got tired of watching these athletes in this position where they were overarched, where they had excessive anterior pelvic tilt. And just to picture what that looks like is basically your chest is pointed straight ahead, but your hips are pointed towards the ground. So you're in this like duck butt overarched position where your hips are pointing towards the ground. You're just in this like very weird curved position in your spine where you're so overextended. Uh, And at that point, you're basically locking your hips into this position where they can't really move through any more of a range of motion. So the leg is just going to sweep behind the body. So if you were to look at an athlete from the side, and just draw a line straight down from his head to the ground, you know, how far behind that line is that leg swinging? And the further back behind that line, the more you're just experiencing this this butt kicking phenomenon. And the reason I call it this butt kicking phenomenon is because the heel will literally come back behind the body and then slam into the butt before it comes forward again. So it's just this slam and then it comes forward. And I saw it countless amount of times in team sport athletes. And certainly a lot of times it'll be influenced by the game itself. So if you look at soccer, you know, just because of handling the ball, if you have the ball in in your possession, you're you're not going to run with a lot of these front side lift mechanics that we're looking for. Obviously you need to keep your feet lower to the ground because you have to control the ball you know, so there's just aspects of the game that, that people get into, like, well, they're not going to move like that in the game. And I was like, well, but if we're looking again, just at the context of sprinting around on the field uh, without the ball, that's where I was just seeing a lot of these team sport athletes just totally butt kicking out the back. And I think where it comes from is I have to imagine at some point it's just something that's ingrained because we, we, add, we added the human illusion of a finish line. So they're just like chasing this line, you know, instead of like, I, 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 I have to imagine if we're seeing like cavemen and Neanderthals running around a field, they would actually be very efficient with it because they're not, they're just looking for what they need to chase and go after. They're not chasing a particular finish line. And I think that that causes athletes to sort of lean for that line and overarch towards it. Um, but basically what it is, is they, they come out in this low position and they keep their body leaned forward. And then they just lift their head and their chest. 
So it's like their hips are basically still telling them to accelerate, but they're beyond an acceleration area in terms of how uh, it's globally applied to their entire body because they're working against gravity as every step uh, accumulates. So we, we know Altus calls it projection rhythm and rise. So every step you're projecting forward um, optimally, and that's going to be more horizontally oriented when you're coming out with a lower lean. But eventually that turns into vertical force application that allows you to float across the ground. And then we have uh, rhythm. So your your the rhythm of your stride is going to start to pick up gradually as you get faster and faster. And then you have this rise factor. So your center of mass is going to naturally rise as well with every step until you reach top speed. At which point it'll be it'll be maintained in a position. So I think what's happening is is that projection and rise factor is where they're missing the boat. So as their rhythm is increasing, what they're doing in this butt kicking position is they're actually applying braking forces to their system. So they're heel striking out in front of their center of mass. So they're landing on their heel instead of landing more on the midfoot to project themselves forward in a more effective way. When they're landing on their heel, they're basically doing the equivalent of you go to your Globo gym and you get on the hamstring curl machine and you load it with like 500 pounds and you just do 50 reps of that. Because if you think of every step you take, I think a 40 yard dash is you know somewhere over 20 steps or something like that but it's it's like every one of those steps is a rep right and then you factor in the fact that you, you can have up to you know five times force five times your body weight of force being put into the ground as, as speeds increase so uh, to me it's just no wonder when athletes are running in this way where they're just landing on their heels they're butt kicking out the back they're applying these excessive braking forces to their muscles so they're actually telling their lower limb to decelerate so then the hamstring is just using the muscle to curl itself forward to continue to pull itself across the ground. You're asking the hamstring to operate for something it's just, it's, it can't really handle. And so you're not taking advantage of your tendons or your other connective tissues, your fascia that are going to help propel you in an elastic environment. And you're making it almost purely muscular uh, more so than you would if you were efficient. And I think that's where the hamstring starts taking on in other structures as well, perhaps your hip, your groin, your quad, it's, it's starting to take on more load than that particular muscle can handle at that moment in time, because you're, you're running in this unsafe position. And if you're, especially if your coach is saying run faster and faster and faster, you're going to continue to put more and more intent into each step. And it's just, it's a recipe for disaster. And that's why I just, I wanted to address that issue from what I was seeing, because all my athletes that had these hamstring problems were all running that way. You know, and it's it's not if you look at efficient sprinting from efficient sprinters, they look totally different. And so I knew they weren't hitting some of these attractor landmarks that we're looking for. That was my next point to ask you, uh, apart from lack of efficiency and potentially slower times, what other issues did, does this butt kicker bring? But you've you've ticked that off. So you've answered that question already. But the next one, the forward leaner. So. In my experience, like I, I called it the forward leaner because this was a kid who, who seemed to understand what I was trying to get him to do from a principled standpoint. But he was just, again, he was just chasing that that line. He was just leaning too far forward. So he he did understand the, the principles, but then um, because he was leaning too far forward, his hips were just staying pointed towards the ground. Um, so the classic butt kick issue which was like the, the first example I showed in that presentation in the article I, I have for Simply Faster. He's just got every problem you can imagine. He's, 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 he's overarched, he's forward leaning too much, right? So the forward leaner is an example of somebody who's not necessarily, they're not overarching, 
they're actually pretty neutral in their spinal arrangement and, and like the way that their hips are arranged and things like that. It's just that they feel the need to be leaning towards the finish line a little bit more. Um, so they're just, there's, they, they don't trust themselves in that elastic environment. I think intuitively they feel more comfortable using their muscular force than elastic recoil. And I think that's why they're just leaning forward because they feel more comfortable trying to just utilize their muscles. So, um, that still leads to all the same problems where you're still going to get excessive swing out the back. It's not going to be as bad as perhaps somebody who's really overarching, but it's still going to be there and there's still going to be some hamstring issues that occur, at least from what I've seen in my experience. Nice. And the last one was the overarcher. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the overarcher is like, he's upright the way you want him to be, but he's just overarching through, through his spine. So his, his chest is puffed up, his rib cage is sticking out. And because he's, he's upright the way you want, and maybe he's getting good, uh, good, effective force into the ground in terms of through the ankle like the example i gave in that article that that client of mine from defranco's was was very elastic in nature he actually was very good elastically he had a, a very good high velocity capability but he was just in this weird position where he just felt the need to just arch i mean he's just he was sticking his rib cage out he was puffing his chest up really tall so even though he was upright um and putting good force into the ground it was just that his hips were pointed low. So he was reducing his available range of motion. And so when we talk about front side lift, we talk about the thigh being punched a little bit more towards the belt line. So if you were to picture on your hips, you have a belt, right? And whatever, wherever that location on your hips would be, we just call that the belt line. So, so if, if I was just wearing a belt on my hip, my thigh would come close to where that location is. It doesn't have to be perfectly that high. But it's just it's going to approach that area more so than if I was butt kicking and my leg was not going to swing as as high in the front if I was butt kicking too far out the back. So with that front side lift, what we get is basically you'll you'll find that the foot is going to be further off the ground in that position before it starts to swing back towards the ground. So if the foot has more space, space gives you more time. And if you have more time, then that means you have more time to produce force. So if we can give our body more time to produce force, we can generate more force. So now if you look at some of the stuff from Ken Clark, more efficient sprinters are able to apply greater force into the first half of ground contact because they have that better front side lift and because they have, they're taking advantage of that, that greater space differential. So when I have more time, I can produce more force, which means I apply more force in the first half of ground contact, which gives me a much more powerful ground reaction force when I'm applying force into the ground. So that's why with that, I can propel across the ground much more powerfully than if I was butt kicking. So, because if you look at an image of what that looks like, like if you look in, in my, the article I have for simply faster, you'll find that that the, when the foot swings forward, it's barely off the ground at all. So it gives me no time to really produce any force to the ground. And, and plus I'm landing on my heel rather than having the time to swing it back through and land on my, my midfoot to then propel myself with utilizing multiple forms of connective tissue, not just solely, uh, predominantly my muscle taking the brunt of the load. So with the overarcher concept, that was the main issue there, was not that he was not able to have these elastic qualities, and he, it's not that he was uh, not upright, in in general but it was just because the hips were tilted down because he was in this overarched position uh he was he was preventing himself from having 
the time to produce that efficient force into the ground and that greater force into the ground. And so because he was, his hips were in that position, he also wasn't getting, he was still landing more on his heel than on his midfoot as well. So he was still somebody who was experiencing some hamstring problems um, just because of his hips were not in more of a neutral posture that would be conducive to safety. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be, and there's obviously a, a point of diminishing returns here where like I talk about how you want frontside lift to have more time, but if I were to lift my knee up towards my friggin' scapula, you know, like that's just, it's, that's, there's a rhythmic side to it. That's why we said projection rhythm and rise. So we talk about some of the, the rhythmic components to sprinting. So there has to be a trade-off at some point, but where, where is that point that's optimal for that athlete where they have enough frontside lift, where they can apply effective force from the ground and do so in a way that's safe and efficient for their bodies. Um, and they have high performance at the same time. So that's what we're always looking for. And so um, it's going to be a little bit different for each athlete. I think if you have somebody who has very long limbs, they might appear as though they are butt kicking. And it's important because they might not be. And so that's where you have to look at uh, perhaps a video of them running or something like that. Cause to the naked eye, it will look like they are, but perhaps it's just because their shin bone is so long. Like you look at Usain Bolt and it looks like he's butt kicking a lot. If you were to just take it literally and spin far too literally because his heel is getting really close to his butt, but it's not, it's not about the heel getting close to the butt. That's the problem. It's where in relation to that, that center line is the heel getting close to the butt. If it's far behind that center line, then that's an issue. But if it's as the, the legs are coming together and actually on ground contact, the thighs are, are pretty pretty much in the same plane and, and, and together, then that's probably a safe position. And it just looks like it's somewhat of a butt kicking position because it's a long shin. So it's, it's where's his leg going to go? You know, where's the shin going to go? It's just it's got to come back forward and he's just got a long shin. And sometimes it just it looks one way. But when you start to dissect it and look at it um, in terms of the landmarks that really matter, that's when you start to see what's actually inefficient or what's probably not an issue. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So for the full episode with Cam, check out episode number 297 on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and of course at sportsmyth.co. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today, and I'll chat to you soon.